Is this frequency in use? Welcome to Southgate Vibes, a selection of the latest stories direct from Southgate Amateur Radio News. I'm Steve Richards, Golf 4 Hotel Papa Echo, and in this podcast, you're going to hear my personal picks of what is happening in amateur radio and the wider world of communications. Whether you're just starting out in ham radio or an experienced operator spinning around the spectrum for those rare and sometimes strange signals, I hope you'll find something to entertain you here. Welcome to Southgate Vibes. A warm welcome to you for podcast number 98. If you're joining us for the first time, you'll be pleased to know that you've only got 97 podcasts to catch up on. It's true that some of the items we bring you are time-critical, but then again, many are not, so you'll always find something in the archives to hopefully amuse and entertain you. This podcast is now reaching quite a few providers, but whether you're tuning in via Spotify or Apple or Google, the entire back catalogue of Southgate Vibes can be found on their web pages. Something for a rainy day, perhaps. Well, let's start off this time with a report from the International Amateur Radio Union. It seems that they've been reviewing the current frequency allocations for data modes in the amateur bands. There are so many data modes out there, and they can be quite difficult to identify by their sound in a receiver. So it's often the fact that frequencies are predetermined for different modes, which allows you to find the focus of that particular mode you're interested in. Recently, many of us who regularly operate data modes have been noticing how some of the new shiny foil modes have become very popular and have been spreading across the HF band's data modes allocation, from my perspective, often to the detriment of the more traditional modes, which still have a good following. Interest in data modes generally seems to have burgeoned in the last few years, so it will be interesting to see how much extra space will be allocated in general. I personally hope, though, that a few modes which are currently enjoying popularity are not pandered to, sidelining some very good weak signal modes which allow robust keyboard-to-keyboard live chatting rather than just exchanging a few bytes of data, which I wouldn't call much of an achievement, however exotic the call signs might be. Over the past 18 months, a proposal for an IARU HF digital mode reorganisation has been undertaken by representatives of all three IARU regions. In a report, IARU Region 1 says that the objectives were to review the data modes usage of the amateur radio HF spectrum and propose changes that reduce intermode conflict between dissimilar operating modes and facilitate the expansion of new technologies. In conducting the review, it was realised that it was necessary to update the manner in which the IARU creates its band plans. Accordingly, the IARU's band planning definition toolkit was redefined, and additional data mode definition characteristics have been added to help separate activities that are fundamentally incompatible within the data mode family. 
With the band planning process updated, the proposal then revised the band plans of all three IARU regions, focusing on the data sub-bands and taking into consideration such matters as popularity and capacity requirements, existing band users and intermode compatibility assessments. The team also took the opportunity to harmonise the band plans of all three IAR regions to the greatest extent possible. The proposal is now being discussed in the relevant committees. The changes proposed include a significant expansion of the data mode segments. A working document can be seen at www.iaruR3conf2021.org. That's www.iaruR3conf2021.org. And comprising a number of slides, the document can be found on that website near the bottom of the Input Documents page. You are listening to Southgate Vibes with me, Steve, G4 Hotel Papa Echo. It's all about radio and the wider world of communications. I've picked out some of the latest stories from Southgate Amateur Radio News, and you can find a lot more by going to southgatearc.org. It's good to see that the valuable collaboration between different users of the 5 MHz band will be coming together again in the latest Blue Ham exercise, organised by the military cadets. Not only is it a great on-air practice and experience for the cadets, but it's also hopefully a way that they might discover amateur radio and go on to become licensed in their own right. The UK Royal Air Force Air Cadets are pleased to announce that they're proposing to run the next leg of their ever-popular Blue Ham radio communications exercise, number 21-2, in October 2021, using frequencies shared with radio amateurs in the UK 5 MHz band. The exercise will take place during the weekend of the 16th and 17th of October 2021, when organisers hope that you can put some time aside to join in with the cadets and staff on the exercise. Details of the exchange of information to count as a contact will be published on their website at alphacharlie.org.uk. That's alphacharlie.org.uk. And that will be published sometime in early October. The organisers will issue a Blue Ham Participation Certificate if you contact 15 or more special Mike Romeo Echo call signs over the period of the exercise. Details of how to do this will also be on the alphacharlie.org.uk website. The event will be a military-style national HF radio exercise for the cadets. Following the easing of COVID-19 restrictions, many military format call signs will be operating, exchanging information with as many radio amateur stations as possible during the exercise. The organisers are inviting UK and European amateur radio operators to take part and make this the biggest combined cadet and amateur radio exercise they've been involved in to date. As mentioned, the exercise will take place on the UK Ministry of Defence 5 MHz shared band, that's 60 metres wavelength, and a significant part of the exercise will be in the section of the band where radio amateurs are also authorised to operate. Exercise Blue Ham is one of several events that the RAF Air Cadets will be holding to mark the 80th anniversary of the formation of the Air Training Corps in 1941. Check out the entry for GB80 Alpha Tango Charlie at qrz.com.
Anyone who works in electronics and communications is well aware that there are certain test devices which are the go-to ubiquitous benchmark when you want accuracy and guaranteed performance. One such device is a unit that I can remember using daily in my university days and then when setting up radio links as part of my job. They can unfortunately be very expensive, the price you must pay for the long-serving spotless performance. But a radio ham in Brazil has been in his workshop, creating a home-brewed version of the famous bird wattmeter. If there's one instrument that hams and other radio enthusiasts covet, it's the venerable Bird 43 through-line wattmeter. This useful RF tool has barely changed in the nearly 70 years since it was first introduced, and they're built like a tank. This makes bird meters highly desirable, and therefore quite expensive, either brand new or on the swap meet circuit. The meter works across a wide frequency range, and on a large display needle can show you power going towards the antenna and how much is being reflected back if the antenna is poorly matched. But radio amateurs are nothing if not resourceful, and building a homemade version of the bird watt meter, as Brazilian ham Luciano Sturaro Papa Yankee 2 Bravo Bravo Sierra did, it's a good way to get your hands on one. Granted, Luciano had a head start. He had a spare line set, which is the important bit from the bird watt meter. The machined metal part is effectively an air-insulated section of coaxial cable that the radio frequency signal passes through on its way from transmitter to antenna. A so-called slug is inserted into the cavity in the line set to sense the RF and couple it to the meter electronics. The slug can be rotated 180 degrees to measure RF travelling in either direction, allowing the user to determine how much RF is getting reflected by the antenna system. The thing about bird and bird-like meters is that the slugs are like potato chips. You can't have just one. So normally, the bird would be supplied with a box of slugs covering different frequency ranges. You can read the full Hackaday article at hackaday.com. You're listening to Southgate Vibes with me, Steve, G4 Hotel Papa Echo. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a comment or a question, pop us over an email. Our address is vibes at southgatearc.org. That's vibes at southgatearc.org. You never know, we might feature your message in a future edition. When a national society has been successful in gaining access to a new band or a set of frequencies for the amateur radio service, it's quite often because it's been agreed that hams will undertake propagation research as part of the relaxation. In South Africa, their representative body has been collecting data for some time concerning how the 5 MHz band performs, and recently they've been asking award and contest operators to improve the accuracy of their signal strength reporting in an attempt to use these intense periods of operation to contribute to the propagation investigations. The South African Radio League reports that four logs received for the 5 MHz Worked All ZS award met the criteria to be considered for the organisation's propagation study, which has been running for some time now. ZS, Zulu Sierra, is the callsign prefix for South Africa, by the way. 
The problem with propagation studies is that accurate data is required, and not the throwaway 5-9 signal report typical of contest exchanges. Considering the dates and the distances covered, it's unlikely that 99% of the contacts were truly 5-9 and 5-9+, but contest logs tend to be set to default to a meaningless 5-9 report. For a more meaningful study, one would require much more information, such as local and distant station weather conditions, barometric pressure, state of the ionosphere, and the sunspot count, just to mention some. The primary reason for the submission of the logs was the application for the Worktool ZS award, and no conditions of what had to be included, other than a realistic RS report from both stations in the contact, was stipulated. Evaluating all the data, it was concluded that the log from Andre Botez, Zulu Sierra 2 Alpha Charlie Papa, came closest to the requirement for accurate signal reports. Andre's log also contained digital contacts with accurate signal strength reports. From the four logs evaluated, he also made the most contacts, 149 QSOs. The 2021 ARRL Handbook, donated by the South African Amateur Radio Development Trust, has been awarded to Andre and was recently shipped to him. Well, that's it for this time. You've been listening to Southgate Vibes, stories about amateur radio and the world of communications from Southgate Amateur Radio News. You can find these stories and many more daily reports at our website, southgatearc.org. Don't forget, we'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch by sending an email to vibes at southgatearc.org. So until next time, this is Steve Richards, G4 Hotel Papa Echo, signing off and wishing you best 7-3.